Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Obaluski, recording his 103rd episode of this podcast. How are you doing today, John? Jim, I'm doing great. Uh, it was wonderful spending a few minutes catching up with you before uh, recording today. It's fun. It's fun. And I, I guess I'd say that to everybody. Listen, if you don't have somebody you can just hang out with for 10 minutes and, and talk about life, talk about ministry, it's it's time to be friendly. <laughs> it's yeah. time because it's really enjoyable and it's really productive. I there's things I would share with you that I just you just don't share in the supermarket with a stranger. You know, it's yeah. iron sharpening iron. So and speaking of teams and people around us that, that help us, tell us about uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So the title of uh, Pod 103 today, Jim, is Improving Your Hiring Batting Average. Um, you know, building a, a strong, productive team is one of the hardest things a leader has to do. Yeah. I mean, when we ask leaders what their biggest challenges are, this subject comes up almost always, Jim. That's one of the top three challenges that they face. And here's the truth that I've never met somebody and, and myself is in, included in this. I've never met somebody who batted a thousand when it came to hiring. Jesus didn't, right? <laughs> there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny if you start to establish tests to weed out the Judases, you find that those tests generally catch the, the Peters and the Johns and the Matthews, <laughs> you know? So it is, it's a, it's a prayerful gamble, isn't it? It, it really is. So when, when hiring staff, here's what I've observed. In my own life, and what I've observed in the lives of other leaders, Jim, is that it, it's not unusual for us to operate in one or two extremes here. One of two extremes. Yeah. Uh, for one extreme is we totally go with our gut yeah. and we ignore objectivity. And I've done that and I've fallen flat on my face yes. before. Yeah. Or we go totally with objectivity and ignore our gut. Yeah. And I think both extremes reduce our batting average when it comes to hiring. I agree. I agree. And, and I think, I think like you're saying that gut feeling, Hey, I like this guy. That doesn't mean that his children are well-behaved or he has an anointing to do what you're hiring him to do. Or, right. You know, but I would say that, that liking somebody is a very important piece of it, but you're right. If I like this guy, I'm going to hire him. You'll find out potentially six months from now, there, there are other issues. I've dated a lot of girls, but only married one, <laughs> you know? Yep. So I, I think today you're going to give us some, some tips and tricks and, and uh, general hiring uh, principles, right? Yes. Like, a, like a rubric almost to, to help us answer these questions before you make a decision. Is that? Yep, that's, yeah, that's it. So yeah, we want to talk about that. Uh, just some general principles around it. Yeah. And this is not just for hiring, Jim. I think this is also if you're in a church where you're the only staff member, but yeah. you are putting people in places of leadership. Yes. These I think these principles work there too. But I want to talk about some general principles and then maybe We'll talk through, I think we will talk through this. We'll have time for it. Developing a grid, you know, like what's, what's a good hiring grid look like? Uh, what's a good leadership grid look like so that I can increase the chances of success? So let's Again, start with- If I can just emphasize, this is not just for hiring a youth pastor or a business manager. This is for everybody, right? This is the person you're considering to some degree. To, you're, you're delegating your name, the church's name, yes. meaningful authority from Jesus- like this is, this is not, we're not just looking for mammals to fill rooms. We're, we're right. looking for the right people and the right seats on the bus. So everybody should be listening carefully. So give us, give us your, your first, your opening thoughts here. What are some of the general things? 
So effective people, here's the first one, effective people management starts with the hiring process. Yes, absolutely. You know, how you start means everything yeah. in building your team. Starting is so important. Here's the second principle. A robust hiring process is characterized by resisting the urge to rush. Yes. <clears throat> I think... I think that as in the in the church world, I think in general, and, I, and I'm speaking in general yeah. terms here, not every not every leader does this, but in general, I think we're much quicker to hire than we are to fire. You yes. know, we're, we're we're fast to hire, slow to fire. And, and the opposite should be done. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I think we we often wait too long to let somebody go when they really should have been let go months ago. And sometimes we're very quick to, to put somebody in an empty seat. I think somebody said this, and it wasn't, this doesn't originate with me, but they said this, an empty seat is better than the wrong person in that seat. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things we had to discover when we came here is we had, we had 18 classrooms that needed two adults in them each for Sunday school, all the Sunday school classes. And we had 99 people in the church. So we had 36 people to minister to a handful of kids in, in, in every room, if, if that. And we just decided it would be better to group boys and girls together, several age groups together, get our best teachers in place because it was better not to have a ministry than to have a bad one. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me just recap the first two real quick. So effective people management starts with how you hire. Yep. Um, a great process has pay, there's patience yeah. in that hiring process or leadership uh, uh, assigning process. Here's a third one. If you have a compelling vision, you're going to need a great team. Right. Um, if you if your vision doesn't require a team, I don't. I'm not sure that it's God given. Yeah. Uh, mm. God always seems to give an individual or a set of individuals a vision that require them to uh, develop and build an amazing team around them. Always. And then the fourth one, these are just the general principles, a stable, productive staff or leadership team really fuels long-term organizational success. Yeah. I was talking with a pastor yesterday and he said to me, John, it's only taken me 10 years to figure out how to do this better. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been able, to, I've been, I've been able to observe him the last five or six years. Yeah. And he's been a long-term client of ours off and on. And, and he really, he really is getting it now and he's doing a wonderful job, but that speaks to his longevity. Right. And, and so some of the churches that I observe that are, that have the most fruit coming out of them have had staff that have been with them seven, eight, 10, 12 years. And it all started with great a great hiring process. They got it right at the front. Right. And uh, in pod, the next pod, we're going to talk about once you get somebody on board, how do you keep them there? How do you retain them? But it starts with that. So those are the four general principles, whether we're hiring somebody on our staff or we're, we're uh, developing talent and releasing it uh, in, in a, even in a non-paid capacity. Absolutely. So you, you promised us a, like a hiring grid. Right. These would be the, would you call them like the acid tests or the categories to check or the, you know, the, the, the non-negotiables? Are these just good ideas? Um, like if they got 80% of these boxes or do you need 100% of these boxes checked? 
Well, we are going to talk about non-negotiables and nice to haves. Right. That's part of what we're going to talk about. That's part of the grid. Yeah. Gotcha. It's not the whole grid. So um, I've got other pieces to this that I'd like us to share. So I'm just going to jump right in and and share the first one. So the first part of a great hiring grid is your mission. Yeah. Your reason for existing. Um, Jim, you and I, um, I think, articulate this the same way that mission answers the question, why? Yeah. You know, for, for Converge Coaching, our mission is we help leaders lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. That's why we're here. That's why we do the podcast. Yeah. That's why we do everything we do is to help leaders lead better, lead longer, yeah. and enjoy it more. So that that sense of mission has to be imperative and part of the entire process. Secondarily is vision, and um, your vision has to do with destination. Yeah. It answers the question, where? Yeah. So for us, our vision for Converge Coaching is we're going to influence 25,000 leaders by 2025, the end of 2025. Yeah. And uh, so that those two pieces, our mission and our vision, are the overarching pieces of this puzzle. Yeah. If I get the sense in the hiring process that there's misalignment, See, now I don't come out and ask somebody, here's our vision and here's our mission. Do you agree with it? Right. right. Guess what they're going to say? Yeah. If they want the job, the answer is yes. Of course. Yeah. So right. we, we have to be a little sneaky about how we ask questions <laughs> around that. But if we see a mismatch in the mission or vision piece of the interviewing process, we don't even go any further. Right. Because we just know we're going to waste their time. We're going to waste our time. So those right. are the two pieces. Right. Uh, the third piece is uh, our, our values. Yep. That's the third piece of the grid. And values have to do with behavior. And values answer the question, how? Yeah. You know, how do we behave around here? Right. How do we behave at Converge Coaching? So when we add somebody to our team, we have the values conversation. Right. We, we, we talk about the mission piece. We talk about the, the, uh, the vision piece, but we also talk about the value piece and it's the same approach, Jim. We don't say, here's our four core values. Do you agree or disagree? Right. Cause they're just going to say, I agree. Right. <laughs> so we, we figure out ways to probe those values to see if they're actually there. And, yeah. and again, this is kind of like in cascading fashion, right? So if, if we get to, we get through step one, step two here, and now we're in the values discussion and there's a mismatch that, you know, pretty much it's over with, right? But if we see congruence, we see consistency, um, then we go on to the next piece of that puzzle. So I want to stop there for a minute, Jim, just get your thought on those first three pieces, mission, yeah. vision, and values as they relate to hiring or releasing people into ministry. If our life, the fruit of our life comes from the depths of our heart, then we have to get this piece right because ministry is not a job. It's it's not mowing the grass, whether you care about it or not. It's not picking up the garbage, whether you care about the customer or not. It's, it's giving your life. It's laying down a bunch of rights. It's raising a a lot of responsibilities. And, and in that exchange, if, if that isn't what we're called to do, if we're not the right person in the right place at the right time, with the right stuff, ministry is an extraordinarily difficult job. Yeah. It's extraordinarily difficult to be a parent, even though those are your kids that God gave them to you. It's the same thing with being a pastor. 
if those aren't your people that God gave to you, if you're not a gift from God to them, then you're in the wrong place and you don't have the right stuff. And so he's got a good personality. The kids seem to like him. He's my new youth pastor. I, that, that's not even fair to that, that person you're hiring. It's not fair to the families you serve. So I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I think, again, getting to know somebody, you know, not an interview with a board and a resume and it's a complete stranger and you hire him at the end of the day. I really think we need to get to know people to find out for their sake, not just for yeah. ours, if they're the right fit. So these are great questions to ask. So the next piece is uh, having an, uh, a written description of the role. Yes. Uh, in front of you. And that's work that you have to do up front. I don't, uh, obviously, we don't recommend you do this on the fly while you're interviewing, that you you actually have it together and it should be written yes. uh, no longer than one to two pages. Yes. And I, that description should have several pieces to it, Jim. It should have desired outcomes yep. of that role, uh, the responsibilities of the position. Um, the, here's an important one that often gets missed, the communication flow related to the position. Yep. You know, who does that person upstream need to be talking to and communicating with? And then downstream, who do they need to be communicating with? Um, it's interesting, isn't it, Jim, that communication seems to be one of the hardest things to do for any organization, no matter whether it's in the church uh, arena or the business arena, a, a small company, a large company, a small church, a large church. Communication always seems to be an issue. Yes. Uh, and so we want to spell that out. Yeah. the importance of that right away in this description. And then the last piece of this role description is accountability. Yeah. You know, who, who do they report to and who's going to report to them? It's, it's interesting. I was one of the first consulting client we ever had, Jim, over uh, seven and a half years ago. Hmm. Uh, one of the first things we asked them to do, well, what we did is actually we asked, we interviewed, I think, 14 or 15 people, 20 people maybe, and um, ask them who they, one of the questions was, who do you report to? How many of that 20 do you think say they reported to the lead pastor? 20? No. Really? No, no it, was, it was like 15. So okay. Okay. it, it yeah. still was really bad. Yes. And so we put this organizational chart together. We drew it up based on what people told us. And I slid it across the table to the pastor. <laughs> and he looked at that and he says, no wonder I'm so stressed out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Every meeting is your meeting. Every problem is your problem. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And so and so taking some time to think that through, uh, Jim, uh, for the role that you're looking to fill is very, very important. And this is true, whether it's a paid or non-paid position. Yeah. And then the last piece of this a hiring grid is the actual profile of a candidate. Yeah. And the profile identifies the non-negotiables and the nice to haves. Okay. In terms of capability, right? We look, we want to have people who can actually do the work. Yeah. That's that's important. But that's not the only thing. The profile right. it speaks to capability, it speaks to character, right? Um it, it speaks to a fit it speaks to personality. Uh, we we encourage uh, uh, for those of you who are hiring staff, paid staff especially, to do uh, a, an Enneagram assessment, a Clifton 34. It used to be called Strengths Finder 2.0. It's now called yeah. Clifton 34. Uh, the Enneagram speaks to personality and wiring. The Clifton 34 speaks to strengths right. and, and talents. And, and then the last piece of this profile, that sounds like a lot of work, right? Oh, can I just say something? It, yeah. it sounds like a lot of work and maybe even some money and some time. 
But if you've ever had a bad hire, you realize yep. that you're saving money, you're saving energy, and you're saving time by doing it well. Right. The only, the only thing worse than, than a bad hire is what happens after there's a bad hire and how long <laughs> it takes, how many kids are involved and parents are involved, mm-hmm. and board members are involved. You know, all the distraction, all the dilution and pollution that comes from these things, it's so hard on everybody. Yes. When, when it, so I, I'm with you. Invest up front, hire slowly, hire extraordinarily well, communicate and then over communicate and then over over communicate and, right. and then make a decision. Yeah. Yep. And, and then two other really quick pieces. We know we're throwing a lot at you today, but we have show notes so you can yep. pause this and look at your show notes. Uh, emotional intelligence. Yeah. We want to assess how how emotionally aware are these individuals, because I would rather have a B player who's emotionally aware yes. than an A player who's totally emotionally illiterate. Yes. Because that A player is going to create so much turmoil yeah. uh, on our team. They may have talent, but they don't they don't know what it's like to be on the other side of them. They don't know how to function together in a way that's that's emotionally sound yeah and you're smiling and i think maybe you're smiling because you may have had an experience yeah, one of those well, in 30 years of pastoring we, we really want a great worship leader also talented da, 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 da. Like, but yeah so we have great worship on sunday morning but you've got someone that doesn't fit with your team on monday morning someone that demands twice the money someone that, that, that desires it's time to stack chairs and the whole staff's doing it, but not him because not her because right that you I guess you have to decide, are you creating 14 staffs or are you creating one? And if you're creating one, then the pastor's stacking chairs and everybody else's, or the pastor's not stacking chairs, the deacons are because pastors minister to people, whatever your ethos is. Mm-hmm. But having that, that sense of culture that's built into your leadership team will produce a church that has a strong culture and not pockets of contradicting strong culture. That's why I'm smiling because I've hired because the guy was super whatever and I needed super whatever. And yep. a year later, I'm saying, what have I done to myself and, right. and, and my people? And so so just reviewing here, and I'm going to add one more thing to this grid. You know, So we talked about having a firm sense of mission, yeah. vision, uh, interviewing for values, yeah. have a great role description that's there, um, develop those candidate profiles. And then the last piece of this, not the mo- least important, yeah. maybe the most important, is prayer and discernment. Yes. The worst hire I ever made, Jim, happened when I had alarm bells going off inside of me, but failed to pay attention. Yeah. I I paid for that mishire. Personally, our church paid for that mishire for several years after that person was fired. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the discernment aspect of this matters so much. Um, And you know, you might be listening or watching today and wondering, why does this matter so much? You know, let, let me just give you a, a number here. Maybe this will really help. Mm-hmm. The average cost of a mishire for a church is $22,000. <laughs> Not to mention the depletion of credibility. Yes. That comes with it. Yeah. Some pastors have told me, John, I'm worried. I, I have people leaving. My staff, it seems like I have a revolving door and I think people are starting to lose confidence in me. Yeah. You know, and Jim, we're so passionate about this that, that we've actually put together a customized organizational hiring process because we believe this is so important. We spent the time, the effort, the energy 
to put together a process that will significantly increase an organization's chances of hiring success. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if people are getting ready to make a hire, give us a call, reach out to us right. and let us just share with you what we've put together. And you may listen to that and say that that's not going to work for us. That's fine. But maybe you'll find a, a replicatable process that over the course of years and years will save you literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, we want to save you money. We want to save you leadership capital as well. We want you to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. I I think there's one other part too, because we're we're talking about from the hiring perspective, but you got to remember there's this kid that just graduated with X number of dollars of school debt. Yep. It's all wide-eyed about the ministry. We really want that kid to have a great, a great first experience. Yes, we do. Right. We we want to make sure that people aren't in the ministry for two years and then quit saying the ministry wasn't for me. Yeah. Because they had one bad experience because we, we let inexperience or or um, being naive, you know, going with my gut because I'm a good gut guy, or you know, yeah. like I, that part about the job description. Here's my expectations. This is what it's like to work on this team. That's Here's right. The team, we're sharing meals together. We play around the golf. Whatever, whatever yeah. gets us to see whether he cusses or not on the, you know, when he putts, you know, that that kind of stuff. It's all it's all so important. So to rush into this, I saw a resume. I chose my top three. We had an interview with the board. We hired him. I. You know, that's the way you enlist in the military. That's that's not the way you enlist in in family. So it yeah. it is more of a marriage than a date. It is to, to treat with that sort of respect and seriousness is vital. John, thank you for all of this. This is this is such good stuff. Like you say, it's, there's a lot here, but there isn't a three step process to hire the perfect guy, the no. perfect person. You you gotta we gotta think about it more. And I love the fact that you said call us if there's something that we can do to help you. If nothing else, perhaps a confirming second opinion is right. helpful. Or a couple of questions you hadn't considered before you make a big decision. But whatever you do, don't do this lightly because it costs too much. And That's so right. Many yeah. Thanks, John. Any, anything else to close us off today? No. If you are interested in having a conversation with us, just go to our website, convergecoach.com, and uh, click on the contact us link, and uh, we'll we'll start that uh, free thirty-minute conversation with you. And and Jim, just a, a little bit of a plug for Pod yeah. One Hundred and Four. Uh, we talked about today about hiring better in the next part we're going to talk about how to retain who you've hired and uh so making a good hire is one step of the process retaining that good hire is another step so we're going to wrap about that right on all right well our dear listeners and watchers thanks so much for being a part of this uh pod 103 today and we hope it's helpful and we're just praying for you cheering for you whether you're on the staff you're the senior pastor you're a deacon you're a businessman you're listening to this you're in our prayers and in our hearts at all times. So we love you. God bless you as you continue to lead. Come on.